Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws, and today I've got a very special guest in a, my youngest guest actually, our youngest guest on the show, and uh, I've been meaning to have him on for a little while, but like with some guests, you just have to wait until the moment's right, and I think the point that he is in his career now is the time to interview him and uh, he's been very gracious and had me on his podcast the creative waffle a couple of times and we've chatted about a lot um probably done about three hours worth of episode between us but today i wanted to introduce you to a young man by the name of mark hirons so hello mark hello yeah thank you for having me on well it's all right welcome to the show um now obviously we chat a lot off air and and quite regularly and we keep in touch and i sort of know a lot of what you're going on what you know what's happening in your life but I always talk about you a lot to people of various ages when I'm discussing the creative industry and how people behave and how they adapt and how they grow and because you are the youngest person kind of I've got to know in that in that world of design I wanted to have you on today because I want to talk to you about like you as a young creative, you as a young man, like you're the same age as my son. So a lot of my listeners will probably have children and, and, you know, young adults your age who are looking to go into photography and design. But I wanted to talk to you about a few of the things that you've experienced, like from leaving school up to this point where you're now working for a Premier League, uh, you're now a, a designer for a Premier League football club. Um, so we'll we'll go back to the beginning. So just if you could just tell listeners at the moment, if somebody asks you in a pub what do you do and who are you, what's your what's kind of your stock answer today? How would you describe yourself? I always think like a like game show, like when people introduce themselves on game shows, like hello, yeah. I'm Mark, Hi, I'm, I'm Mark from Surrey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on blind date. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Mark, I'm a graphic designer. Um, I'm a junior graphic designer at uh, a Premier League football club, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's it. Does it. Does that feel good saying that now? Yeah, it feels it feels great saying that. Because I know it's something you you I know it's something you aspired to be. Kind of when I think back of the period from when I first got to know you, which I'm going to talk about in a second, to where you are today. Mm-hmm. I know, like only recently, like very recently, probably towards the end of last year, you kind of. That, that penny dropped and you were, I know what I want to be. Mm. And I'm and that's what I'm going to be, which is what I love about you, the drive that you've got. And you achieved it. And we will talk about that later on, but I'm just going to rewind and just explain why I'm why a 54-year-old man is friends with a 22-year-old. Yeah, yeah you better explain that one. <laughs> Young man, because that, that just sounds really weird when I tell people, like, okay, oh, is your mate? Is he old? Is he? He's 22. <laughs> so, so... Obviously, that you know, listeners know who I work for. I work for Astute Graphics, and I'm in the creative design industry. And part of my job is to research other designers. And part of that research is to listen to podcasts and read blogs. And there was there was one designer I was trying to kind of listen to a few episodes of, because um, what I tend to do if I'm researching someone, I try and find at least two or three podcasts they've been on to get a bit more of a varied feel of who they are. One of them was Aaron Draplin. So I started searching for a couple of podcasts and I came across this podcast called Creative Waffle that had Aaron Draplin on and I kind of clicked on it and started watching. And I have to say, my initial thought was, 
how's this lad like he's 1920 how has he got Aaron Draplin on his show and then I started to look at the other guests and saw okay this isn't just like a one-off he's had some other pretty reasonable guests here people I'd love to talk to and I started watching it and it was a little bit awkward because I wasn't used to watching someone so young interview someone you know was quite commanding as Aaron because I think you've you've kind of got to be ready for that no disrespect to Aaron because he has got some great information and stories and it's wasted if you can't mm. uh if you can't get that out of him so I started watching it and thought okay see where this goes and to be fair you held your own Aaron did a great interview as he always does and I was, I was intrigued to see what else you were doing started looking around seeing the other guests you were you know more established than I was in terms of um our podcast so I started to look up and do, did some research on Mark and saw that he had a blog and he was on social media and he was a graphic designer and you know and he had work out there um now given he's in Surrey and I'm in Swindon <laughs> and we're probably less than 100 miles apart we actually met for the first time in Columbus Georgia <laughs> at Creative South so just explain Mark like for those who don't know Creative South um it's a big it's not even a big design event it's it's a community-led design event in atlanta there's generally only about 800 people go so how why were you there just tell yeah. a little bit about your reason for wanting to be there and, and how that happened yeah i mean I've, I've, I've never heard of it really before uh i spoke to a guy called mike jones who uh coincidentally is the founder of the uh, the whole thing and then he uh, invited me to come along um i thought well you know it's, it's quite expensive to go to america and i've no idea about the south of america and southern states had you been to america before uh i had yeah i've been to new york on school trips and stuff uh on a school, on a school right. trip but uh yeah never really been on never been on my own uh that scared me so i've always dreamed of like going to the, going to America on my own but uh, yeah never 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 thought about doing that and then Mike um, said okay well we've probably got enough in the budget to cover you for you know your, your plane and your, and your travel so I, I went along like an unwilling uh, an, unknowing uh, unknowing young designer and uh, willing to learn so yeah just, just jumped on the plane and <laughs> luckily it was all right um, yeah I think my parents are a bit scared about it but um yeah, some random guy from America. So how how old were you then? You were twenty then, weren't you? Or you? Uh, I must have been twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you were twenty because I know I wouldn't be able to uh, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't twenty-one. That's right. Yeah, because <laughs> I I I had to not get you a beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, and the thing is, I remember as I did when I you know went to Creative South that there were a lot of people I dealt with online and researched and heard about and kind of maybe you know the odd chat and suddenly this event is probably you know 20 of these kinds of people mm. like Dustin Lee as well Mark you know Mike Jones uh Peter Del Tondo Damien Kidd these were all first times I were meeting I was meeting these people and I remember seeing you there and thinking oh there's Mark I'll, I'll go and speak to him but I didn't because you were kind of holding court with um trying to think who you're with now but you had like two or three designers with you and you were having a really good conversation and my immediate thought was no I'm not going to come in I'm not going to go and interrupt him and introduce myself he's doing exactly what he should be doing and it's great to see you kind of taking part in that and not hiding and standing with a beer in the corner you know and thinking oh better not speak to anyone well now I just follow you I just follow go behind you now like a little duckling (laughs) (laughs) But it was really, it was really cool, and I think it was a good introduction that event for you, yeah. in terms of where you were. But 
so so we won't go on about creative south but let's just rewind a little bit so i i know for a fact like while you're at school you were doing design anyway so just tell us that little kind of bit about your start at school and what you were doing with the cricket and how that's Mm. sort of quickly evolved into the first thing you knew you really wanted to do yeah so back in school it was merging sort of two loves uh, I guess it's it's design and sports trying to get uh, work in this sports design space which I'm obviously now working in which is nice Um, but I've always always been passionate about sport and I always sort of enjoy drawing or um, I can't, it's weird because I can't draw now at all. But uh, <laughs> I was, as a kid, I was always drawing fire engines and things like that, and footballers and and things. So even though they're really badly, but um, yeah. So in school, I, f- I found out what graphic design was. Found out that you can put so much meaning into a logo, a little mark, and you know, it looks really cool. All this you know, that represents a business. That represents sort of thousands of people, or or a camera that represent a cult, or you know, these all these things that it, it does. And um, and yeah, I got I fell in love with it really. Uh, more of Sort of Milton Glaser's work, Paul Rand's work, and um, yeah, these these huge famous designers who who were really amazing and prestigious and perfect work and all the meaning into a little little logo. So yeah, I fell in love with it and then I wanted to try it myself. So naively set up a Twitter account and thought, yeah, I run a business now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As you do, yeah, that's how every designer starts. So uh, I'm a businessman at uh, sort of what fifteen, I guess. Uh, starting yeah. uh, starting a Twitter account, I thought, well, I want to work for Surrey Cricket because uh, I'm you know, I go and watch their games quite a lot, and I did back then. Uh, all right, I set up a fanzine. I'll start my own magazine. I've heard Richard Branson did that, and he's really famous, so I'll do that. Um, and I did, I did, I did it. I sold a few <laughs> at the cricket ground, and I wrote my dad. I was really scared of selling in person, so I wrote my dad into doing doing that, helping out with that a couple of times, and um, until Surrey Cricket nicked our idea and made their own fanzine and sold it on, well, gave it away online and. I made some little playing cards, which they also nicked the idea of and gave them to members for free. So that was the end of my business. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to the world of being a designer. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the end of the fanzine. Um, no, but we got, yeah, we had sponsors and everything for that. That was awesome. Really, really cool uh, cool little thing to look back on and think, okay, wow, that was designed in Microsoft Paint and actually really did start everything. Um, and that led to my first client as well, one of the sponsors that I worked with. Uh, well, well, I say worked with. I got on to pay me ten quid to help reduce the printing costs and all that. Yeah. Um, they they wanted to give me some work, which is nice of them. And again, it would have been really cheap and free. And uh, then I started started doing sports design, working with cricket bats, and did some stickers for them. And then it led to another cricket bat company, and then another one. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my sort of introduction into doing design for, for clients, I guess. So that's good because you you had. Because this is what I was talking about. Why I mention you is because, at you know, at being more experienced, and I see younger people coming into it, and you sort of follow what they do. The most frustrating thing when you've worked many years is seeing somebody young come into an industry and then f- feel entitled to to be successful and make money. Mm. And they, there's no great research going into it. Into it. I mean, you've obviously shown entrepreneurial spirit. You've thought, okay, what do I want to do? How do I do it? And you did it. And I think that's the big thing a lot of people miss is everyone has a hundred great ideas, but that's all they are until you do it. Um, it's like when people, a friend of mine says, you know, I don't want to know your your problem. I want to know your solution. It's with it doing it and and showing a a, a physical 
kind of expression in, in what you want to do yeah. and I did it as a kid I was making fanzines and little magazines and admittedly I didn't have even Microsoft Paint back then <laughs> what I'd have given for Microsoft Paint um but I was like literally cutting and pasting and glue and photocopying and you know doing all that but that's all I had at the time I didn't know any different so you obviously you know you started that you got seen yeah of course you weren't making a load of money because you, no nobody in the beginning gets rich quick well, also, um, that was, like, terrible. Like, <laughs> is that part of no. it? <laughs> but the difference is, is you were doing it, Mark. Yeah. And there's a lot yeah. of people who won't. They won't even They won't even start because they already think that. And that's what I always find weird mm. when people do start but still have that attitude of, I don't deserve this. I don't think I should be doing it. I'm not good enough. It's what well, I find that a really weird place to put yourself in. Mm. And, like, so comparing us, when when I think back to when, you know, I was... 1920 you know I was working for my dad I left school at 16 I started working for him in an engineering company I wanted to be a draftsman I wanted to do like technical drawing stuff but I also wanted money and I wanted lights for my bike and I wanted to go out and hang out with girls so I took a 30 (laughs) pound a week job with my dad cleaning machines and stayed there for nine years not you know way longer than I should have done um and it wasn't till after those nine years I actually started working for a really cool print company in Hemel Hempstead which was my first taste of technology that was the first time I saw a Mac the first little brown Mac that had a big five and a half inch floppy disk uh Quark Express again was I've got like no idea what you're talking about now no <laughs> so this this is like yeah. It's like a history. It's like dinosaur time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Quark Express was the predecessor to InDesign. And it was the industry standard, you know, desktop publishing. And I was getting these little magazines and, you know, we had our first computer. And it, it was just, that was my technology. I didn't know any different. That was what I was used to. Those were the tools I had. But at that age, it was kind of unheard of to just think, oh, yeah, I'm 20. I'm going to go and start my own company. I'm going to go and do this. It, it was just, it was never in never in my mind that I can have I wasn't even pushed to go to university I, you know I literally left school at 16 and got a job so we did apprenticeships and works experience and that kind mm. of stuff so I think for you now it's while it's easy for like people of my generation to say oh yeah but you were born with mobile phones and you know social media and computers but you think what you'll have in 30 years time yeah. you know what what world will you be in when you're 50 52 and then people of 20 are unless covid virus wipes us all out but <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what i find really the, that evolution of technology that i think you had i i I, th- I think it's so great that you were born when you were and had the opportunities you did at your age mm-hmm. so going in t- from the school thing then when did kind of blue deer become a thing and 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 then evolve into the podcast because that would have been very early on anyway yeah so uh like you say we're lucky to be born in yeah 98 so it's growing uh growing up in just computers and just learning microsoft and then learning paint and then getting yeah get introduced to design at young ages yeah it was perfect really um so yeah uh Blue Deer Design came about from... So I set up on Twitter at school uh, called MHGFX, Mark's Hirons Graphics. Because I thought well, that would be really cool. That's GFX, a short... That's such short. an 80s name. <laughs> <laughs> graphics. Spelled GFX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool and edgy. And, yeah, so I set up like that. And then I uh, moved on to 
blue deer design at college so when i was sort of 16 17 i think whenever we leave to go to college in the uk um the one before university and uh yeah yeah so i thought well this is the time i've got to make a self look professional and uh my friends are taking the mick out of me so i've got to change the name and pretend i'm not doing it anymore so um, i'll just, just carry on and just don't tell them about it so yeah um I still wanted to be you know, in the crowd and not get taken the mick out of it for it and still do it. So um, that was that was actually quite a big decision in changing the name to Blue Deer Design. Um, also just to, I, I spoke to Ian Padgett, the logo geek, about it at the time and I said, well, if I change my name, like, like Blue Deer, it sounds cool, it sounds like Pentagram, it sounds like it sounds like the biggest name. Of the, it could be on a big company, couldn't it? Like <laughs> MHGFX isn't going to be like on a massive billboard and no. working with Coca-Cola. No. <laughs> well, neither's Blue Deer now, but you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, that was the change, and that was the idea of setting it up. Yeah. Uh, so, so you 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 went out. You were Blue Deer Design. So for, from when that started, so you're thinking, okay, I left school. I, I want to get my I want to get my own clients. I want to concentrate on my design work, mm. and I want to build a business. But I know what. I'll throw something in that's going to take up a load of my time, and I'm now going to go out and set up a podcast on <laughs> yeah. video oh, yeah. as well. I might add. And go and interview a bunch of people. So that that just talk, just tell me about that first one because I I know how my podcast, how, you know how our podcast started. Me and Glyn were talking to each other every week. Mm-hmm. We just thought now's the time. What was that moment when you were? Uh, was it a uh, well they're doing it so I'd better do it or were you just how am I going to speak to these people? Yeah, I th- I think it was trying to learn from people. I think that was my main thing. Trying to be. Um, in a way sort of selfish with it and just have conversations with people that you don't normally get to have a conversation with unless you have a podcast uh, or unless you can offer them something in return and, and get their message out to a few more people but yeah um, that was it really and, and it was very nervously emailed a few people and uh, called it the Design Hustle podcast originally and that was probably inspired too much by Gary V and um, for that, the word hustle and the hustle culture has died a death now but it just means hard work and I like I, I still stand by hard work but uh, yeah so that changed very quickly to um, something something uh, design something po- change name and then it went on to the Creative Waffle podcast after doing that one off special with Aaron Draplin we just called it Aaron Draplin like chat or whatever it was oh, right. um, so then, yeah in 2017 I think it moved on to Creative Waffle and that was like when it when it really sort of well, all right. It was oh, logo marked. That was it. It was logo marked before Creative Waffle. Um, okay. But anyway, it's, it's the whole the whole point why I'm saying all these names is because it goes yeah, change its name and and it's, it's, uh, the evolutions evolution kept going yeah. yeah. And, it, and that, I think that's it. That's that's been like the whole my whole philosophy, I guess. Is um, if I can have a philosophy at 22, uh, but it's just like changing things and trying <laughs> things has has been it's been the the key really. Um, I think it's made you grow up. I think definitely I can see, yeah. you know, you know, my two boys are, are 22 and 23. In fact, my eldest is 24 tomorrow. And kind of, I, I I, kind of see see those sensibilities of, of men that age, because you are a man now. Um, <laughs> but it, Really? But it's good. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Well, I, I, you know, I was, I was in, I was in one. I was married by twenty three, Mark. Oh wow! Got so, got to yeah, do some stuff quick. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but what's good is, like you just said, it's you kind of you grew up. You you made yourself grow up through what you were doing, mm. and you learned a lot in those formative years. So, 
you're kind of at a point where you've got the confidence to set up your own business. You you know you've got the confidence to contact people to ask to talk to them. There's a this is the thing that I just really it doesn't frustrate me. I just think it's people should think about it a lot more. Is do it, just do it. You know, don't don't kind of put the negative in before you've even started it. It's just you you could have got you could have sent fifty emails out and got fifty no's. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have affected you. I think you just would have done something different. But I'm. I think it's great that you got the yeses because it made you stretch yourself again, and you know, and you're still only at that point twenty, twenty one. So how many episodes? Because we're on. You're going to be on around somewhere around the hundred and fifteen mark of ours. How many episodes have you done of of completely from day one to today? Oh, I mean, I mean, I just don't know. Creative Waffle has done one hundred and seventy. Uh, 178 now. Uh, so from the very start, it's well over 200. Probably nearer 300, I guess. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not. See, that's I don't know. Yeah, somewhere but between well 200, two, yeah, yeah. 200 and 300. Well somewhere over between 200. That. Yeah, and most of them, if not all of them, are on video as well. So it's not yeah. just. Yeah. And a lot of them have been uncut as well. I've noticed you've literally like hit record and just taken taken what comes. Mm. I know more when it's audio, you you edit. But I think the other thing as well is you do kind of wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit with it. And I know as as it's progressed, you know, we both know our early ones are always going to be awkward. Mm. Although, you know, my, my awkward was when I, when I was 52. I, I went that <laughs> awkward. I didn't really care. If no one listened, we'd done it anyway. Um, but so now you've been doing it for this amount of time, just, just talking about the podcast alone. Yeah. What kind of person do you think that experience has, has made you? What what's the kind of the biggest takeaway that you've had from that? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's the communication's been been a, a big learning curve because if you look back sort of past episode fifty, I can I can structure a long a conversation a lot a lot better. So I could probably have a conversation with anyone now and ask ask like questions and find out a bit more about them without sort of breaking down or feeling feeling nervous. Or I mean, there's still people that I get nervous talking to and. Um, if you look back on the episodes, I think you can interview people too early, I guess, in, in the podcasting world. So uh, the first Aaron Draplin one was probably a bit early, but then like Paul Asher and, and Devin Millman, they were too early. But I don't know, maybe it's just the I connection. Think, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think with ones like Paul Asher, so for those who the photographers listening, um, in the design world, we've got our design equivalents of Annie Leibovitz and like kind of those big name photographers we've got those sort of heroes in designers and you know Paula Scher, Debbie Millman, Stefan Sagmeister these are people you in you would normally think in the same way you would with Annie Leibovitz there is no point in contacting them because there is no way they're going to say yes to a 21 year old lad (laughs) you know for a podcast they're they're going to want the Chase Jarvis or you know the Josh Rogan they're going to want you know a million people listening or they're not getting out of bed so I think the fact that you got them I think I was more disappointed the only thing I was disappointed with the Paula Scher one was the fact that she put a laptop the other side of the room and used the oh, the, yeah, the microphone that. on the laptop, and I think that did you a disservice because to get to get somebody that that big, I think probably you know like we do is I, you have to be bold up front and be I need you to wear headphones, I need you to have a mic. Mm. I know they could say no, and you'd rather take that interview than nothing. Well, I think it's just uh, the confidence at the time as well. If you're looking back, but now 
back to back then and what I've also learned is built up confidence like like I said with the conversation but also just just yeah just being a bit more confident and as a host like this is my show now like I've got to I've got to have a bit of uh, a bit of a level a bit of a standard yeah so um absolutely yeah. yeah I mean even today I, I mean I was looking uh looking at other podcasts and I was thinking well Hmm, maybe I could just travel to New York, and then I forgot about the coronavirus for a second, and, and dreamed of interviewing. Oh, Porsche I do it every and, day. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe one day I could go to go to New York and interview her in person. But um, I'll have to I'll have to word the email very carefully. That's that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great plan, and uh, I know this is something we're going to come on to very soon because I know there was some stuff we wanted. We said we were going to talk about before we came yeah. on air, but I want to kind of lead you up to it. So something like that is again what i think is good is you're kind of not just riding along because it's happening i've seen you take the the podcast from you know i hate using taking it to the next level because i think Mm -hmm. it's just a naff a naff thing i've seen you grow the podcast in what it was and what it's become because you you know you went from doing it in your office at the moment in your you live at home with your parents which is the you know you could sit there easily and yeah and and do that but you decided uh last year you went on the road you went out with matt roth Mm. you went and visited designers you did a mini fifa tour because obviously you love a football and your designs evolved into that you got sponsorship you know you, you you got some good sponsorship as well and you got some new equipment and you went out and visited people and you know one of those ones was dixon baxi which you built developed a really good relationship with and you went and you know literally went to people's houses and sat on their sofa and chatted to them which again takes you out your comfort zone mm-hmm. you put effort into it you probably lost money on it you you oh, learned yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you learned that lesson doing it but i think the product you've got today you kind of soon realized you know you had to dream the stuff you wanted to do so you took on a co-host so you now kind of got hannah helping so just that that little that last little bit what was what was the change the kind of changing point for you where you realized your design work was was becoming like it it is important or if not more important than the podcast and i don't mean that in the podcast isn't important but there was a definite shift in you well i guess it was money i mean that's makes the world go round doesn't it (laughs) i mean i could i could do something i love in the podcast and still do it but I still lose money on it now. Like, I still pay for hosting and, and like website and uh, sending out emails and all sorts of payments going out on the podcast. But and time as well. I mean, I could if I spent this amount of time on design, I could make loads more money. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I guess it was that. I guess I guess I thought, well, I have to get some money in, so I better do some more work, <laughs> um, <laughs> and that'll pay for all the all the travelling and the nice things I like to do. Have the pay for all the nice conversations and the beers with awesome designers. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's money, isn't it? And then eventually finding, finding uh, out, the, uh, you know, going in and out of jobs, testing a few jobs, and um, trying freelance life again for the fifteenth time or something. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then realizing, yeah, I probably better get a proper job here. It's not working out after three years of trying <laughs> it. Because I know we talk a lot about personal projects on the podcast, mm. particularly for photography, because it's a good way of, of learning your trade. And one of the things I think you've been really strong at, again, like you say, there's you've got to make money, but you've also got to kind of improve yourself. And and if there's one thing I'd, I'd say about you is I don't think I ever see you take a rest. 
So if you're not doing the podcast, you're do, you're being interviewed or you're designing or you're doing something. So you you started to do a personal project. I mean, the podcast on its own is a personal project in development. <laughs> but the thing I loved started to see from you was you started experimenting with design and you took on the football challenge so just tell us a little bit about that because i want people to go and look at your work and they'll see like even on your instagram which we'll come on to there's you can see where those projects happened so just talk a little bit about the football one what kind of what was the oh i'll do that moment yeah uh just being inspired by different things um i I mean i think first of all the the thing that you know, I do working all the time, you said, and it's, it sounds it sounds bad in a way, and it, I guess it is, but uh, I think I've sort of guilted myself into not letting myself have a rest, <laughs> and um, that can be an issue right now, especially for people you know, in social media land, where you're looking at people that are better off, uh, supposedly better off than you, and you know, posting amazing pictures of them on holiday all the time, and um, mm. money everywhere, and you can sort of guilt yourself. Oh, I'm not working as hard, but I think it's it's come from people that I admire I think that's come from rather than uh rather than looking at you know yeah looking at people like I don't really care about on social media anyway so that's the work yeah. that's where the work ethics come from I think is sort of the guilt of of not working and being a bit lazy um uh, and not sort of push myself I guess so yeah that's that's led me on to trying different things and trying to push my style as well and my illustration style and my work because it's great being a graphic designer but I felt like I needed something else I felt like I needed something to stand out because there's a lot of graphic designers so I thought well let's try illustration obviously football illustration and there's a lot of football uh, creators getting work with football clubs and big uh, mm. media companies that work in football and in sports and I thought wow that'd be really cool I'd love to I'd love to do that one day and work with all the big teams and work in a Premier League football club and oh, I'd have to give it a go um <laughs> And then eventually, yeah, you, you develop a little style and um, you, you uh, continue to build on it, get feedback from people, become jealous of people and uh, try and become friends with them because you want to kind of look at their work all the time and find out how they do it. And, and yeah, just talk to people and get feedback from them. And um, yeah, you develop your own little style and eventually if you keep going and keep going and keep going, you do more personal projects and then hopefully you get noticed one day and it all goes right. I don't know if that was a really weird yeah. tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, no that that was that was a really good answer because I know as a as someone who enjoys graphic design and enjoys sports, specifically football, because mm. to me there aren't any other sports. It's football, <laughs> it's football and reserve football. Football, that's um, lads. Yeah, it's, you did the you did the football program designs. Mm. You did right. the pitch deck for England, and and they were very professional. And you spent a lot of time on them. And like you say, it's it better better to be being creative than than the consumption side like you say right right, yeah yeah there are people in the industry i mean i know i even today when when i was kind of just i was actually consuming uh it was only because i saw you editing the podcast you did with the sports designer and there was a recent edition of 442 which is a football magazine in the uk where they did a whole special on sports Mm. illustration i think illustrations made a huge come back over the past few years almost competing with photography in terms of design for sport if you look at a lot of the top design work now it's a lot less photography and a lot more graphic created style mm. you know you've suddenly decided to go into a, a, a competitive world because you know it's going to be hard to crack a premier league club um 
they've already got established designers and I think it's always hard when you're young and you're not in an agency to kind of break that yeah but you had a go and the feedback you were getting was great I mean some of them I actually felt what you were creating was better than what I've seen a lot of teams <laughs> yeah. teams use and they're putting someone's getting paid for it so I know you got you got to take a chance on it and and it has led to something but we'll go there we'll go there later yeah well that's um, it it's just, I think that, that was part of it it's just what do I want to be doing? And because that, that was the part of that was an advice that always stuck in my head. I heard I heard from someone on one of the podcasts I did was put out the work that you want to get back. I've, I mean, many people have said that, and uh, that's well, it's huge. like dress for the job you want you want right, to get. Right, exactly. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And so I, so I was doing design work that I want to get back, as it says in the tin. Um, so I want to do football programs and you know. That all those program design covers, uh, covers that I designed for fun, and as as it's part of this uh, project, you know, we're doing one a day. Obviously, it's testing my design skills, it's practicing, it's making me look at stuff that I would never look at for design inspiration, like sort of blues album covers and fifties blues covers and jazz, which yeah. is amazing for design. If anyone's listening, I um, know, I know. Oh, uh, football programs as well, like just incredible collection that my dad's got and you've given me some, and um, it's just yeah, it's. Well, what a world that is. But uh, yeah, you, you start looking at in different places for inspiration that just sparks new ideas. And then you start, oh, I want to do that for a project. What about if I try that? And then what about if I try this? And then eventually you've got this huge portfolio that you're willing to show off and you're excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know, as, talking about the old football programs, and I mean, you know, I'm, I keep, I, I collect a lot of older things just purely because I love, I love that there's, there's just this wealth of awesome design that came from a pre-computer age that is mostly um like uncredited i mean a lot of the a lot of this stuff you you know it when you see it i've said this i spoke to um a designer the other night billy bauman we were talking about old old style design and saying that even if you're not a graphic designer we all have an inherent style we all we either like new or you know bright or retro and certain things stop us in our tracks mm. and it could just be a color or or something or you know like thick lines or pastel colors or just like the old pinks browns and blues of the 70s but there are things that just stop you in your tracks and you just admire it for something and like you say it could be a jazz album it could be a football program yeah. it could be an old rapper you know an old sweet rapper well, that's it. Paul Paul Those... Rand said that it, yeah, everything is designed. Everything is everything is designed. Someone's designed it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every everything. The thing I teach is when I when I talk about you know, oh, I'm not a designer. I can't draw. I you know, you, you are a designer because you're sat there in a t-shirt that you picked out of you know a hundred t-shirts in the store. You pick the one with the be- the design that you liked. Your house is designed and decorated in certain colours. Your the way you just put your books on the shelf and color you know people who color coordinate we're all designers and we're led by design and we're surrounded by design from road signs to 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 everything you know everywhere we go it's we just consume design and i think it's a great industry but i know there's some stuff like you specifically wanted to talk about tonight which is kind of shifting from your history to shifting to your mindset so i know there were a couple of kind of times that I've known you where you kind of hit a low spot. So one of them was when you got injured. Um, 
and I know you use the podcast and you know social media to kind of um, journal it, which I, which I think is a, a very modern thing now. Is kind of social media is a good way of journaling your feelings. It's a very good and bad way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could talk about that if you want. Yeah. So uh, the good and bad of it is it's it's good because it helped me get my thoughts out there and not. It was the only way I could talk to someone. Basically, it was the only way I was confident to talk to someone, which is really weird. And a lot of people won't understand why. Is, why are you putting a video out of yourself almost crying? Like, that's weird. Like why? Why are you? Why are you not talking to someone about this? Like surely your parents listen. But um, just didn't feel confident. Just didn't feel confident in um, talking to, to people. And obviously the mental health stuff has been um, talked about a lot more these days. And um, something that's very important to talk about. But also, also just. I think it's also been brought on a lot by social media as well, obviously looking at other people and getting very jealous of other people and just seeing other people's fantastic lives that have curated and are not real. Um, just uh, is it's damaging. But um, yeah, that's yeah. luckily the community was there enough to help me out at that time uh, and, to, and to message me and give a lot of love back and that helped me rise back up out of the flames, out of the ashes as into into flames how's the phoenix work it rise yeah. out of the ashes Fe- yeah phoenix <laughs> rise out of the flames <laughs> yeah <laughs> i ain't seen a phoenix in ages <laughs> never seen them anywhere like baby pigeons <laughs> uh, good point baby pigeons. never seen a baby but pigeon. what but but i think there was a let what's a valuable lesson there mark is even if you don't see it at the time i think to do it's quite quite a brave thing to do anyway to kind of put you know wear your heart in your sleeve and put it out there rather than sit at home and stew and could you pet listen mate you could you could pick your nose and wipe it on a piece of paper your parents <laughs> will still tell you it's the best thing you've ever done like when you're a kid and you draw a picture they stick it on uh, the fridge that's what you mean. Yeah. we all we all know it's never going in a gallery one day it's going in recycling um but you had the respect from the industry that people felt they could approach you and they did feel for you and they could kind of, from whatever age, mm-hmm. kind of saw what you were going through because I think, in my experience, is it's not something I ever recall experiencing. I, I don't know that what I'd say I'm lucky. I think it's just a set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Is the, the anxiousness, the um, expectation of instant and... Um, and feeling you know you're competing against uh, a a benchmark that is unrealistic that people came to you and helped you because they kind of understood who you were because they'd seen your growth yeah that i think you doing that was you you will look back on that in a in a year or two and you might think what was i thinking but but i think a lot of people should find someone to talk to or find an outlet if they feel like that, yeah. I mean, now it's I've moved on, luckily, and I found I've deleted the video and I deleted the whole series. Oh yeah, that was one of the things. Is, is that actually? It's, I think it's private, so I could go back and watch it, but I'm not going to. Uh, the, but yeah, it's it's one of those things you move you move past and think, okay, yeah, this is a learning curve, and that whole the whole reason that was brought on because I was working. I was sitting on the sofa, not doing anything. And I wanted to feel productive, so I, I was going down this rabbit hole of making myself like force myself to work ridiculous hours and trying to get more productive and not waste any second of the day and uh sometimes youtube's not the greatest friend uh it can be great no, it's a but rabbit if, hole if, if you're going down a rabbit hole of productivity videos then it's going to stress you out and it did and it's going to burn you out as well um so so yeah i'm very very grateful and i'll probably look back i do look back on it now and think oh wow what what amazing friends you know they may not come out on every video but they really do have my back if i need them uh yeah and i, and I appreciate that a lot a lot 
Yeah, and that's that's just built think, on from from the uh, the whole community and and just being open and honest on the podcast and people listening to it and hopefully feeling a connection to me and and you know seeing this young designer hopefully trying to to make make his way up in the in the design industry and maybe feeling some sort of connection to that. I don't know. Yeah, we. I mean, we all have poor me moments. We all mm. we all do com- compare. You know, it's it's human nature to compare. Yeah, but I think to to kind of understand yourself like i i remember i remember those moments like a couple of moments where you like vocally said i've been feeling like this way and i realized like i the, the like the christo moment where you know i should be like I, and i'm only picking chris because that was the exact yeah, that yeah. Was the exact person and it was like why am i not him why am i why have i not got that that success why am i not <laughs> on his level and you, I think you quickly found out the answer to that, um, but yeah, I mean, you can't be like a, you, you, a twenty. Yeah, you can't be a graphic designer with twenty years experience if you're twenty. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. You can't. You and I don't think you would have got the respect of that that he's earned because he's been doing it as long as you've been alive. But I think what was good was you very quickly reached that decision and stopped yourself because you could have very quickly kind of alienated part of your community by because you could have got quite aggressive about it and and i've seen graphic designers yeah i've seen graphic designers get very arrogant and full of themselves because they've had a a tiny little moment of success and all of a sudden they've elevated themselves i did that Uh, i did that shillington that's that's the whole if i could i'd do that course again i think i'd learn so much more than i did like that's um (laughs) I mean, I could do it again, but I mean, I'm I'm alright at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm going with that. Yeah, it's something that I, I just came into you know, back on the back of college. I was the youngest person there, and I thought, wow, I was, I've learned, I've just come out of college. I've I've actually had a, a couple of years in of doing stuff and doing professional work for for people, like professional in air quotes, but um, doing work for clients and paid and. I've actually got like a little bit of knowledge of the software which no one else had, and a couple of weeks later on, I was probably at the bottom of the class. So it's, you realise very quickly, and then you become very defensive about it. And it's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's very easy to get arrogant about it. But uh, yeah, the Christo thing was was crazy. Comparing yourself to someone with that much experience is, um, yeah, I think you sort of, I sort of found him, and I felt like it stepped on my toes of doing the podcast, which is just silly because everyone can do a podcast, and everyone does do a podcast now. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It was a weird time, a weird time, and now obviously I realise that that was silly. And uh, yeah, you go through these phases, and I think as a, as a young person, you you have to you have to sort of realise these things yourself sometimes, rather than rather than being told. Yeah, it's good to have aspirations, though. I think that that's mm. that's the thing with you is what what you've experienced, what you've gone through is you in your mindset, like you know. You kind of know the direction. You know a place you wanted to be, and because I, I know it's, I know it's changed. But at that time, you're thinking, okay, well, here's a guy who you've met. Uh, he's approachable. You, you know, you can connect with him, and you aspire. I don't think it's healthy to aspire to be someone. I think it's healthy to aspire to follow uh, a similar path, but find your own way. Because I, ne- yeah. I never like it when people say, "I want to be the next Aaron Draplin <laughs> I want to be the next Christo." No, you want to be Mark Hirons. Yeah, yeah, that is... yeah. That's who you need. That's who you need to be. That's the. That's the only person you're ever going to be. That's a good. F- while you're in your skin, is aspire to be the. I know it's really cheesy. Go be the best you, but I think 
you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, but you're surrounded by good people who you can aspire to take parts from. And then you take those different parts from those different people. Like you look at Aaron's work ethic. Um, you might not necessarily like his artwork, but you like his work ethic. It's like building a Lego like... figure, right? It's like building a Lego minifigure. Yeah. So you're the body, you're like the, the, the t-shirt part of the Lego figure. And then you've got Aaron yeah. Draplin's like claw of his hand because he works yeah. awesome design. So I want to have a bionic, bionic claw. So I'll put that into my minifigure. And I want, you know, yeah. Gary V's uh, hat because he works so hard. He's got a great hat on his uh, hat on his head. The work ethic. I don't know yeah. where I'm going with that. But yeah, so I'll take no, no, I'll take his hat as well, and I'll take uh, uh, I don't know um, uh, Usain Bolt's you legs because probably... he's really fast. Yeah, and my, my speed. I want to be really so you fast. Probably and... want some like take Gary V's trousers <laughs> with his wallet in the back pocket. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the money as well. Yeah, but uh, no, exactly. I get it exactly. It's it's, it's a really good point. Uh, is, is yeah you got you got to build on build on yourself and yeah you won't get i think i think being being you is again I know it sounds cheesy but being honest every time you have a conversation just trying to be honest not to lie and not to do it wrong i guess is is i know it sounds all philosophical yeah. but that's so important it's so important no i i think i think that's that's a good good thing is don't lie to yourself because to yourself uh, or anyone else to yourself's a big one like a lot of people lie to themselves yeah i do it the the imposter syndrome thing I talk about is when when I say like I, I got a bit sick of um, I, I don't I don't like trends where like everybody sees the shiny thing and they all head towards it. It's like The Walking Dead. They hear mm. the noise and as I heard, <laughs> they all head towards it because they think there's something good there. And that's not to demean any of those things. You know, I know imposter syndrome is a thing. I know side hustle is a thing. I my my latest. Uh, one I don't like is niching down. It, again, it, it's just these, oh, it's the key phrase. Let's all follow that. Then let's all talk about yeah. it and don't actually really understand what it is. And It works for some, not for others, with, exactly. Exactly, exactly. With imposter syndrome, it's, um, yeah, we all, we all have those moments where we think, why me? Why did I get this opportunity? The reason you got the opportunity is because you developed the path for you to be there to get it whether it's starting your own job I had it when I got the book I didn't feel I wasn't worthy I was just surprised that I'm you know in the InDesign world there are some very like well-established InDesign people but I'd developed an opportunity in a relationship where I was offered the chance to do it and I wasn't going to say no and I'm not never going to apologize for doing it because that was my that was my moment I'd kind of built up to Mm. I've done a you. I've completely forgotten where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, I'll bring it right. back I on track. I know where I am. It's all right. I know where I am. Um, but with the imposter syndrome thing, is there's also a flip side to it. And this is something I do see in the design world, is where what I think is more dangerous is people pretending to be more than they actually are and knowing oh, that they're yeah. doing it. Now, that an imposter to me is somebody who's pretending to be, trying to con you. Imposter is a con man. Now, I think if you feel you're not worthy of what you're doing, I don't think you're a con man. I think you're just kind of having doubt. You know, that's that's what we do. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the side hustle thing is when I was younger, hustling was conning people. Mm. 
you know, if you're playing pool against someone and they pretend they're rubbish and then they start thrashing you, you go, oh, you're hustling me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it had kind of a negative negative thing. So I, I, I kind of started to see it being used more and more. And I get it, the side hustle that has a different meaning. Mm. And it's kind of building that that other thing on the side that helps increase on the revenue side. and gives yeah. you something. Yeah, exactly. You bit on the side, and it's just a, a designer. <laughs> um, the, the latest one, like niching down, mm. I find dangerous because I get I get where it's coming from. You know, take the thing you're really good at and just concentrate on that. But I think right now in the in the, the world that we're in. I don't think it's a healthy thing to do. I think it's good to know what you're best at, but I think it's dangerous to to wash away everything else and only focus on it. Because if if you are all niching down on the same thing, when you come back into the marketplace, you've got no other skills. You've got no other strings to your bow. Mm. Unless so you're earning loads of, of money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's interpretation of it all. But I think we do kind of bog ourselves down with sort of phrases and trends and things oh yeah definitely and and i and i would say you're one of the few people i've really seen kind of fall foul of it i I think i've never really seen you i've never looked at you and seen oh mark why have you gone down that route why you why are you suddenly talking like that you quickly you you never went down that every post was 10 a 10 page carousel you stop you know you weren't copying other people's content i think you've been quite authentic well, in the way you've behaved. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, it, I, I agree. I think for one one thing for young designers, if anyone's listening, or young young photographers, or anyone out there, is don't don't <laughs> don't be a, a motivational quotes person. Is uh, that's the, no. that's the trend at the moment, right? Is that everyone's trying to be a, a twenty year old uh, Christo? Everyone's trying wise to be man. That. Everyone's <laughs> trying to be a twenty year old Christo. Exactly. It's it's yeah, wise man. Yeah, exactly. It's um. It's it's it looks so bad on you, unfortunately. I mean, the thing I'm trying to do now is take what are the big design agencies doing? Where do I want to be? So I want to be doing the, the big design agencies. What are they doing? Right. So they're acting professionally. So they're not posting you know, motivational quotes and stuff. They're and then this is sort of contradictory now because, <laughs> but um, but yeah, if yeah, if you're if you're posting that motivational quotes at twenty, and, and unless you're relating it back to you, it's not. It's not coming off as as good at all, and I and I find that so so frustrating when I see it on Twitter. And it's um it's yeah. a shame. To me, it's just like a cheap pub cover band. Right, right, yeah. It, like a real a real really badly put together cover band who only who only sing in a pub to about six people. It's it's other people's content. You're not you don't really understand what you're putting out, and you're doing it badly, and you you've not really got an audience and then you you will wonder why suddenly overnight you know you did a 10 page carousel of stuff you've nicked and you, you look in the morning and your instagram didn't increase by a hundred thousand because, because of those wise words yeah well the thing is like, and what you're not sorry that again and i was gonna say by doing that you're not concentrating on your own work you're not being you anymore well, that's it that's it you're not you're not doing a design you're a designer that's at first like you want to be a designer not not this false image of a influencer, which isn't really a isn't really a real thing, I guess, in in such a way. I mean, it is in the sense of people get paid to to push products at their audience, but yeah. I mean, it's not a real short lived. Yeah, short lived. That's it. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to change. I, it's gonna I change. don't. Yeah, I've never met 
I've never met a graphic designer that that got a job at a great agency on the back of posting a 10 carousel wise words Instagram post. Mm. And if and if there is one out there and you got a job, please let me know because I'd, I'd love to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But if that got you the job over talent and hard work, you know, so I think a lot of time can be wasted. And I know, I know a lot, of, you know, myself included, when you have that downtime and you're thinking, I don't know, I feel like I should be doing something. What shall I do? I think very carefully about just just looking at what other people are doing and just copying. I mean, to me, I, I was thinking about this earlier when I knew I was going to talk to you. TikTok, okay. If you think about TikTok, if you if you like me, you've been on TikTok for four weeks. You go on there. What it is, apart from extremely narcissistic, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a perfect social media platform. What it is is a load of people who sit and consume TikTok and then go and repeat everything that's been popular on there in your own, like yourself. So everyone's doing it's a very trend the same platform. dance. Yeah. yeah, they're all doing the same dance. They're all doing the same lip syncing. They're all doing the, you know, there are certain ways people behave in front of camera. It, it, there are styles and trends. And it's very, I think it's very hard to be original on TikTok. But I think, the danger is is when you start to consume media like that your mindset is then to well copy i'll be i'll be tiktok famous Mm. if i if i do that dance that i've seen a hundred people do and i do it i'm going to be tiktok famous why are you going to be a hundred other people have done it and what what is that fame is that fame gonna get you a job or pay your bills or whatever it's a very very odd mindset and i know yeah. um there's two, there's two things i do want to i want to kind of talk to you about before we end the podcast um one is something we spoke about off air because i want to come to your formula thing we spoke about earlier i want to finish yeah, on that I've got, yeah i've got something uh, to mention like around that yeah yeah so we were talking earlier about being at home so let's we'll just discuss covid19 at the moment <laughs> and the situation we're in in the uk yeah. Um, you obviously got a full-time job. You're working from home. Very lucky and to get that as well, right? Just before it all happened in February. I know. Like, literally a couple of weeks before. Yeah. So privileged. To, yeah. To, yeah. Feel so lucky. Yeah. It's all about timing. Yeah. But one of the things I, I've said, and I think I've said on your podcast, is going back to that be, being of an age. Uh, and if you're a parent of, of you know, and you've got a, a son or a daughter Mark's age, is coming out of school and wanting to work for yourself straight off mm. without getting any work experience, without getting any kind of job experience and working with other people, I think can be unhealthy. Now, some are lucky. They they build a great business. They build, they have, they have a lucky break and they're able to go on and in some cases probably run their own studio. But, you know, for every one of them, there's 500 who don't. And two things I said to Mark off air about the whole... If you do want to work for yourself, great. But you're young enough to go and take a job for a year, whatever it may be, and just you know get a paid salary, j- just for two reasons. One, I think it's healthy to work around other people in office politics and see, you know, have those days where you think you're a hundred percent right, but your manager is going to be wrong. <laughs> But you have to adhere to what the manager says. You have to adhere to what the company's philosophy is or whatever. You are going to have days where you hate your boss, you hate your colleagues, you hate your job. 
but hey welcome to 2020 that's life and the other thing is is if you have that experience and and design is where you want to be you might have gone and worked for a kitchen company or you know a bathroom company but when you're a designer and you're now you now want to deal with those companies you now want to speak to that kitchen company or that you know bathroom company or the carpet company you want to work with them you've got an understanding of how that business works because you send in a message to someone going all right mate how you doing i'm a great designer look at my designers oh cool everything's peachy you're gonna pay me cash that doesn't happen you you will have a better understanding of the politics of what goes on and the chain of people and i and that's my feeling and i know i got you a gig at the photography show you came and helped at the photography show last year um i was asked if i knew anybody that could come and join the team to help and my immediate thought was you and the reason was because you wanted to go to creative south or crop one of them you got off your backside and you took a christmas job at sainsbury's to earn the money to go and that i i I absolutely admired you for doing that because there were so many people your age who wouldn't have even done it or thought of doing it. Mm. Yeah. Again, it comes down to that work <laughs> ethic thing, I guess. Is, um, yeah, I mean, that's very kind to mention it. I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't really know what to say on that. It's just um, just a different shift in mindset. It's, yeah. You got to, if you really want to go somewhere. As well, you, your parents can take some credit for that. And I know you sit, you've got a, you've got a younger or older sister. Younger, yeah younger she's a photographer so she's in she's kind of perfect like for he shoots he draws you got he draws (laughs) she shoots he draws um but you've i know you had a a shift where again you've been doing all the football work and i remember one day you saying on a podcast i can't remember who it was and you went my name like my name's mark hirons and i'm an alcohol no (laughs) my name's mark hirons and i want to be a graphic designer at a premier league football club that I've realised in at right at this moment in time, with all the podcast and the personal projects and everything going on, this is the thing I've I've realised I want to be. Mm. So just tell us a little bit from that thought. What happened next? Yeah, well, that's that's a long story. Going to be summed up in two seconds. So um, I built a portfolio and uh, and got a job. No, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy as that, folks. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> uh, I basically broke it down, and and I've, the couple of the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking, all right, well, how? Because I've I've been asked, how did you get the job at the Premier League Football Club? And I I thought, well, that's a good question. I mean, it took a couple of years or a year and a bit. Oh well, of actual actual sort of direction. And I did a podcast recently with with someone. And he talked about guided drifting. I think that was always always it from. Um, from school I was always sort of guided drifting towards football and bouncing off different different like the pinball analogy that we talked about yeah yeah so being that pinball bouncing off different walls and or being the the, the bowling ball like going towards skittles um yeah pins I just want to say just for full transparency Mark's talking about a pinball machine that we discussed the first time <laughs> we tried to record this episode yeah, yeah. and he's recalling a bit we haven't touched on this one but yeah we had we had a few technical difficulties the first time around so this is the second time we're doing it but yeah mark did talk about feeling like a pinball in in a pinball machine mm. like firing off yeah. hitting loads of different things and kept getting flapped back into the game and other times you just fell in the hole and you went back through and you came around again yeah that's it and, and those when, when you fall down the hole and, and that's when you you know you're on the right path i think um 
I don't know. I don't know if that analogy is completely backwards because I think the pinball wants to stay in the machine, or is that wrong? I don't know. Anyway, the the pinball wants to stay in the machine to get the score, but but mm. sometimes when you sometimes when things don't go right, it's okay to fail and go back and try again. I mean, that's for me the analogy in a pinball machine is you get another go. I think it's slightly a bad analogy. I think we should think of a new one. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's completely off track. So the formula is what I've uh, come up with over the last couple of weeks as I've been really thinking about it because someone asked me, how did you get the job? And I thought, well, rather than just saying, you know, I put a portfolio and someone found me and then uh, put me forward for the job, I thought, well, let's try and give a bit more tangible advice or something that actually works. So this is how I broke it down. So I said, first of all, I had a big goal. I had a big goal. I want to work in a football club. That's great. Okay, right. How do I... Excuse the pun. A big goal. Great. Nice one. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that one. Uh, that's terrible. Um, Bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. No, you had a big goal, I hope... which was good, because you did put it out there. <laughs> on the pitch. Yeah. No, I hope, I hope my dad jokes yeah. are just as good as yours one day. That'll be... That's when I know I've made it. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I, had, I had a big idea of what I want to do in life, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah sort of found a vision um, or something I could aim for I, I started telling people I put it out there I, I talked about it on the podcast I, I spoke to people that I knew that were in the industry in the sports industry and thought well how can I how can I do this and sort of tried to break it down I started speaking to people about how they've got into the same position how they've been work, be able to work for football clubs um, or they've been working with football clubs not even in them um, and how they got noticed by bigger companies who I want to work for and then it, can I just stop you there and ask you one quick question about yeah, yeah. that because Something that that has been discussed on podcasts, a conversation I have, is about sharing. So, like, 10, 15 years ago, we were in a different place, and a lot of people wouldn't share. If you said to someone, how did you get that job? They would be, well, I'm not telling you, because <laughs> I don't need to take my job. I, I, I want to be doing this thing. So, did you find that the people that you were able to contact and talk to were they quite open and helpful and honest about it or were they like oh no I wouldn't do that mate <laughs> yeah no uh, well I think social media help with that as well I mean it, it, we share everything these days I could I could yeah. see a picture of you snogging your ex or whatever you know um I don't know why that came up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've been going from my Facebook again <laughs> Yeah, long way back. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can you can you know you can find out everyone everything about everyone now. So I think that's definitely helped about sharing. Um, but people are nicer in the industry, I think, these days. I think it's just there's more of an openness and, and willingness to help the younger people these days, uh, help help the mm. younger guys coming up. So uh, yeah, and also when they're on the podcast, you can ask them anything, and they want to tell their story. So they're sort of in in themselves, aren't they? They want to share as much as they can and um, feel yeah. like the big guy because they're sharing it share it they're the ones giving out the advice um yeah and if you tell them it's live then it can't be edited <laughs> then you can ask that killer question that they can't get out of yeah exactly exactly uh so yeah i just just spoke to people i think that's, that's a, one of the biggest things that's helped me in the, in the career and we did a podcast on on how to um bad word but network and, and talk to people and get in get your own uh sort of web of contacts um but I always, uh, someone else mentioned it on a podcast, but I always think of a big file of facts of, of like business cards when I say that, of like networking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I talk to people. Uh, sorry, go on. So a, fi- a file of facts, people, <laughs> is uh, is a book that we used to write names and addresses in that used to be in a little ring binder. <laughs> I'm surprised I knew that one. I, I had to go, I had to, yeah. I had to think about that one. Um, Let's get the museum for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So you spoke to the industry. Mm. And got some feedback. So, what was the next step in that kind of formula that you 
you had to get what you wanted. Yeah, got got their advice, got their opinions, uh, understood how they did it, broke down, broke down how they sort of got to their goal or how they got to to where I wanted to be, and um, just did it step by step, and and it sort of started um, off by having to do the work, so building up portfolio, and then uh, and just constantly improving, like always trying to improve your style and always asking for feedback, constantly asking for feedback, and having sort of six best projects in your portfolio and, and in your website and then just again just constantly building up and 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 trying things and um and putting the word you out did there. actually yeah i know one of the things you did that we spoke of the first time we tried to do the interview you actually said when you got into this point you actually uh proactively went and curated your social media uh, to yeah, ensure yeah, yeah. that kind of your best work so just talk a little bit about that as a piece of advice for anyone else thinking of kind of using this sort of formula to achieve what they want yeah how important was that to you yeah thanks for reminding me yeah so i made sure everything was football i made sure because i want to work in premier league football club there's no point doing tennis stuff really i mean it it might help all right there's no (laughs) point doing stuff for businesses like lawyers and stuff um yeah it has to be sort of sports based it has to show that i know the industry has to show that that's what i want to do and i'm passionate about that so and the passion thing's huge as well you're showing people that you're passionate about something and then you know they they see oh he's really passionate about that i'll give him that opportunity or you know he likes doing sports logos maybe i'll, I'll give him i don't really like doing them so i'll give them to mark um so stuff like that happens a lot uh once you start putting that out there and in, in your work and you start sharing that you're you're keen on doing sports or, or you're keen on doing this certain industry um but that, that was huge yeah showing showing that i knew how to do the industry i guess it was massive uh, i said part of it yeah and sort of like because there's a big variation in the kind of work you're talking about as well. I mean, I went, um, I actually went to Arsenal to a football match. Funny enough, I went to Arsenal to see the last Premier League match. And I don't know if you've been to Highbury, but as you walk, because it, it's the new, uh, not Highbury, the, the Emirates, as you walk around the stadium, there's all this kind of artwork everywhere, like, you know, super high. Um, the new Tottenham Stadium, mm. again, it's all like been designed from scratch. Uh, the new Brent, like even the new Brentford Stadium, that it's all being designed, and but it's not just match day program covers. Mm. It's there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it, and I think that's that's the thing about the research is you're never just going to get the job designing the program covers. No one's going to hire you just to do that job. Yeah, exactly. That's one tiny, teeny part of what, of what you're doing. Yeah, so that's why I had to build up the illustration style and, and even to the degree where I started playing around with, with motion as well. Like talking to people at other football clubs, you know, they'd, they'd say, well, what's the future going to be like for this job? What do I need to start learning? And that was motion design as well. And that's, if you start, if you think about going to football, you need to be doing motion design now. And I still need to do it, still need to do more of it. But um, that was doing the work. That was that was building the the portfolio, showing that I, could, I know the industry and showing that I can I can somehow step into it. And um, being patient was the next step on that list. Was just to just to do as much as you can and just wait. Get involved in community projects and just yeah, it takes time to build up the, your sort of your name, I guess, in, in the industry and get people recognising you. And uh, obviously, the podcast helped massively doing that. And being linked with these other big creatives, I guess, helped a lot. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, but being and the last one on the list was sort of being authentic and uh, being honest with yourself and others, which you touched on a little bit already. But uh, as long as people can sort of tell obviously with the podcast you have a conversation all the, every day and for hours people can tell you're not trying to hide anything and not trying to do them in or hustle them and yeah it's, it's huge it's such a huge thing yeah 
what when you when you started kind of looking to apply for the jobs i mean obviously we're not going to say where you work but how did how did you find because I, I know you applied for it can we talk about one of the clubs you did apply for can we name them yeah i think so so Maybe. I think you applied for a job at Southampton. <laughs> I did, yeah. I th- we can always bleep. Th- we can always bleep it out. <laughs> I think we can say that. I don't know. Yeah, I did apply yeah. for a job at Southampton. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. It's not like you applied for a lead role in Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise got it, <laughs> and they're never allowed to say who did. But I think it's fair to say, you know, you probably well knowing knowing you, if you were going to do it, you probably would have applied to twenty clubs in a radius around where you live that were achievable to get to. Um, so you know, you I could name any club that you could you could apply for QPR for you know for all it mattered. Um, how how did you apply? I mean, did you know? Did you look and see there were roles available, or did you just do a complete hi? I'm Mark, and I want to work for I'm Mark. I'm 22. I'm sorry, <laughs> give me a job. <laughs> and I like fish and chips. Yeah, I like fish and chips and walks in the park. Um, did you just introduce yourself, or was there? How were you able to find if there were vacancies? Oh yeah, this is a good. This is a good thing. Uh, so there's a couple of ways to try this. So first of all, I tried it, and it was a little bit early. And this is how you you know you're too early to the to the role is about six months into doing the whole football thing and sports thing I sent out this this uh, makeshift put I don't have one on me this makeshift portfolio makeshift portfolio where I made it look like a football sticker album and got it printed and got 200 printed and that got me to do a pitch a bit of pitch work for Wolves and, and got the first contact sort of first step in the door and I was really pleased with that but I sent out I must have sent out thirty odd, and I didn't. I got one re- mm. one reply out of thirty two clubs, so it's not a great return. And especially I spent like three hundred, four hundred quid on the on the printing and the stickers and everything. Yeah, um, I was a bit disheartened with that. But uh, you know, pitch work for Wolves was great, and there's a nice addition to the portfolio, and um, that definitely helped me get the job. So after that one, after after I, I did that and realised that okay, maybe maybe doing that route and maybe I was a bit too early and maybe my work's not good enough I went down that route of my work's not good enough and honest honest with myself rather than print doesn't work because print definitely works sending stuff to clubs mm. definitely does work if your work's good enough I think I think I went down that route and was honest with myself so that's good um, and then I went on to yeah then when I, six months later on again I, I tried well maybe I'm better now and got a bit more feedback from, from people and thought well Let's try again. Let's start looking for jobs. Obviously, job sites helped. LinkedIn helped look for jobs. Um, set notifications to see when clubs are looking for graphic designers on LinkedIn. That's fantastic. Started adding link uh, more people on LinkedIn, um, which now I know not to do because it annoys people if you don't know them. But um, anyway, I think if you just a tip for LinkedIn there, folks, because <laughs> um, I did do a I did do a whole talk about LinkedIn in a design class that I did. One of them was never. Never, where possible, just connect with someone. Mm-hmm. Always, <clears throat> always use the button that says "Add a note." And even if you're just saying, "Hi, my name's Dave." So, like in my case, it's "Hi, I'm Dave." Uh, I, I, I've seen that you you are kind of the lead designer at such and such. Um, so, I'm I'm assuming your team uses Adobe Illustrator quite a lot. I work for a company that makes professional plugins. I'd love to introduce myself to you and our product. Um, but I also appreciate you may not want to connect, so don't feel that you have to. But just thanks for reading this. Yeah, exactly. have a great day, great. Dave. I don't know. Just explain why you're connecting. Don't just go and hit connect because 
like you say, it's annoying, and they don't know what you... It's like knocking on someone's door and not be... saying anything, right? It's like looking on, yeah, they're opening yeah, it at yeah, the door exactly and not saying that. anything, um, which is just weird. <laughs> and so don't... Just go, friend! <laughs> <laughs> oh, friend! Friend! <laughs> oh, friend! Uh, yeah, so that's what I did. Uh, yeah, made that mistake. <clears throat> made that mistake, and you learn all these things along the way. But uh, um, And then, yeah... Uh, like like you said, emailed some cold people randomly and football clubs randomly and thought, well, my portfolio is better now. I'll email them, um, and uh, found the Southampton job. Applied for that, went for a couple of interviews, and that was sort of just after I applied for the one I've got now, and um, in the middle of all of it. So, yeah, I eventually got the job after being put did, forward. Did for you it. get feedback from? Did you get feedback from Southampton? And did uh, you learn anything from the knockback or? Did you get nothing? No, I did get some feedback. Uh, the guy over there's great. I'm, I still talk to him to him now. Um, is a is a nice guy. He's a great designer as well. So, uh, yeah, I talked to him about, about yeah non non work related stuff, more just the football results and stuff. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a good. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I got a bit of feedback on on the portfolio. Sort of well done. You, we were really impressed by you. But um, nothing about improving. I mean, I didn't. Didn't really ask for it, did I? Because I got the job at the other place. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe if I didn't get the job, I would have asked it more. But um... no, I think feedback from a job. I, I've said this to a few people about the, the whole job hunting thing because you know it's quite daunting when you do that and you are competing with loads of other people. Is I think you, if you apply for a job, wherever it may be, and you don't get it, I think you have the right to go back and ask. Oh, I think it should. In fact, I almost think it should be a kind of lawful thing that you should be given some kind of feedback. Yeah. I mean, all right, you might be the rudest person. There might be something about you that's just like, you're like Post Malone and, and your job <laughs> is, you know, you know <laughs> working in a, in an environment where I know we're more accepting, but you're working in, a, in an environment where that's quite intimidating. It could just, it could, you know, there's so many things you're not allowed to say. But I think critique, I think creative critique in a job like that could be, okay, we were looking for someone a little bit older, someone who's already worked for another football club, someone who's got a stronger portfolio yeah, of work yeah. that was commissioned rather than personal projects. And those those things, you can come away and, you like you say, be, be honest with yourself. You'd hold your hand up and go, I kind of was expecting that. Um, sometimes the criticism we get are things we think of ourselves anyway. You just hate it when someone else says it about you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know what, one thing I just realised and... and... I've only just thought of it actually. Is that uh, I was a lot more comfortable going into these interviews. I think than other interviews I had in the past, like for for random job, even the Sainsbury's one, I was a bit sort of nervous about. I guess more nervous than this one. I think it's because it's football. It's something I know and I like, and I, I'm interested in, and I'm passionate about. Yeah, and design as well. I'm, I'm a designer. I think, and yeah, there's so much something to be said about that about going for a job interview that you actually do love. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited. I, about. Absolutely, and that comes across to the interview. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think the fact that you look comfortable, you feel comfortable. Um, I I know, well, I know with with Nick with the stew. I mean, I even when I met them, I had no, like, not even one percent of my brain went, I could work for them. It didn't even come into it. You know, they were in Hereford. I was in Swindon. It, it just there's all these things. Yeah. So when I sat down with Nick and was was talking to him, I didn't realise he was actually interviewing me for the job. <laughs> you know, but we were we having such a comfortable conversation about the industry and the people in it and everything that by the time it came round to kind of him saying, "By the way, I'm interviewing you for the job," um, I think no, loving what you do in an industry that you've spent time in 
and and having kind of done laid your foundations in it you probably you know you probably would feel feel like that going into an interview and i think we said in the last one where that thing of just go for an interview anyway just go and get the experience of an interview to see how you react how others react because every interviewer will be different um yeah some will just google you know the top five interview questions before you come in like they hey you interview the person coming in google Mm. what's you know best interview questions and then they go where'd you see yourself in five years describe (laughs) yourself in three words if you were a car would you be a cheese you know they try and catch you off guard and uh but if you get a good interviewer who kind of knows how to get out of you what they want i think that just makes you feel comfortable because because you are they're pulling the best out of you because why would you pull the worst out of someone in an interview because you're wasting everyone's time yeah so i think to to have you in and i know you had to jump through some hoops to get that job and it took a while before it crossed the line and like you say you were lucky you just got in before um before covid kicked yeah, in wow. uh you know so fair play to you i mean this this is how i kind of wanted to end this episode was here you are 22 pushing no you're 23 now aren't 22 you? yeah just turned 22 22 yeah. sorry yeah i thought you so you're just 22 and you are now working you know you're a graphic designer working for a premier league football club one thing i'm, I'm you, know, sorry you could you know, finish this really lovely message but I'm, I'm really one thing i'm really conscious of is that i don't want to think to myself that you know i've made it now I, i've because no no and as, as now that might sound really arrogant, but like, one thing I'm I'm, I'm doing more podcasts. Like, oh, great! It's great. I've been on this amazing journey of I finally realised what I want to do, and I've, I've figured out how to do it, and now I've got the job I really want to do, and that's great. And it's a great story to tell on a podcast, and it's it's good to give inspiration to other people. But one thing I I don't want to do, and if people are listening at work and thinking, oh, great, yeah, but he's the big, uh, he's sounding like the big guy. He is. Like, what's he doing? No, no, no. I, I don't want to go. No, because I I will I will vouch for that. I was gonna. I was actually going to say exactly the same thing. I wasn't going to end on, and finally, Mark met his Prince Charming, <laughs> and they ran. <laughs> you know, I just what kind of where I was heading with that was you've put in this groundwork, and this moment in your life, you've managed to achieve a goal that you 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 ended up finding out you wanted to do. You've put in the hard work. Now you've got to start. As someone said to me once. If you start at the bottom and you work up to number 10, have you achieved everything possible that you can achieve? No. What you do is when you get to 10, you now enter number one on your next level. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. you d- Because... You like you hit you hit this kind of pinnacle, but now you've got to, you've got to start again. You've got to prove yourself again. You've got your foot in the door. You've got the job. That's Doesn't it. make you Billy. You know, you go back to number one now. This is it. And you start again, Mark. And in a year's time, you would have made mistakes. You would have had some arguments, no doubt. You would have had, you know, and we've got a really weird twelve months ahead of us. Who, yeah. You know, who knows? But yeah. Don't ever think you've just at the top and you can stay there because you can always go back to number one and in a different place. And it could be that, you know, you for whatever reason, five years' time, ten years' time, like a lot of people I see in football, they actually change sport. They like a challenge and think, okay, I've done football. I want to go and work at Wimbledon. I want to go and work for 
a big rubber club or they move on and work, oh, I want to work for the FA. Or, you know, I've seen, I know people in the football industry and I've seen the move around. I've, I know I've been around marketing in football. I'll cross that bridge when we I come to it, of, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, you know, you've, you've not even reached 10 yet. You, I'm not saying that you've reached your number 10. Mm. You're still very early oh, on. Exactly, and this is it. Door. This is it. This is it. And uh, I've, yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm, you know, I, I'm not the best designer in the world, and I've got a lot of learning to do. I've got a lot of motion design learning to do because I don't know any of it, and it's it's very very much the start. So it's almost like, well, this is what I want to do now, and this is what you go through for college and university. And that, by the end of university, you're meant to find out what you're meant to, what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. I've, I figured out that now. I'm at the right age that I figured it out. Now this is it. This is the start. This is a very, 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 very yeah. beginning to hopefully a long, long career, and hopefully one day I'll be up there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, Mark. I think um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about it all because even though I knew most of like what you've said, I I still love talking about it because it's it's a rare breed. I think what you've done in the short time that you've done it. You know, like I say, I, I think you're an inspiration to others more than you realise you are. I think it's a lot of people who, like I say, are your age or younger or parents of... I don't like calling you children. Ch- children like My boys are my children, but I don't like calling you a young man. <laughs> I think anybody with... Um, with children who are young men who are finding this you know and your sister's going to go through it with the photography thing and that's another really difficult industry to break into which you know whichever way um and especially now trying to find how can i keep the momentum going because a lot of people would have put their camera down and just thought ah do something else Mm. It's, it's like keep improving so you know i hope anyone listening kind of can see where we're coming from with this episode and you know why we're getting experience and wisdom from a 22 year old young man um there's a lot to be learned from your story mark and i don't you know don't ever discredit what you've done and where you're going um it's been a pleasure watching you and becoming friends with you and you know i love supporting you more than i would other people whether it's you know you did i mean another thing we didn't touch on this one is mark also at the age of 21 put on a live design event in London on a Friday night that had nearly a hundred people turn up to and he had Ian Barnard speak, Tom Ross from Design Cuts and Dixon Baxier, one of the biggest agencies in London who've got enormous clients. They all supported Mark out their own pocket. You know, they all came along, it made for a great evening and you know, the first time round didn't work out, but you didn't stop there. You came back, you put on the event, you were determined to do it. And it was a success and it was a pleasure to kind of the, the graphic or the, the show graphic for this episode is Mark on stage. <laughs> and I've never seen you look happier. Yeah. Even though yeah. you were probably crapping yourself. It's a great photo of you. And I think you should frame that and, and put it in your office. Because I'm for next year to get the new one, get an updated picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so please, you know, please give give Creative Waffle a, a listen and a watch. Thank you. Um if you do have young people, brothers, sisters, whatever, get them to watch and, and you know, look at some of what Mark does. Look at his uh, social media. If you love football, look at Mark's work and see some of the stuff he's done and, you know, try and emulate it. Try and have a practice yourself. But, um, do you know, ever since I've been... De- well, so at the moment, my co-host, Glyn Dewis, uh, he's been working on a lot of projects at the moment. Uh, he's been doing his 3945 Portraits project, which has taken up a lot of his time. 
obviously covid kicked in so he's now got a couple of other projects he's working on and one of them is he's been doing webinars for uh camera clubs and i think he's in some cases he's done two in a day um and he's still keeping busy he's still doing another project related but since it's just been me every single episode i've done has been an hour and a half <laughs> and we always try and keep it to an hour um but I just think there's no point cutting someone off. I think you've got an interesting story. I hope everybody listens to it. Um, thank you for your time, Mark, as always. And uh, I hope when all this is cleared up, we can catch up for another pint and uh, start planning for more things in, in 2021. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much. It's, it's so, been a real pleasure. And you're a gent. Thank you. Ah, Thank you. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. And today I've got a very special guest. Um, I sounded like Alan Partridge then. (laughs) I'm going to start again. I've got a very special guest. She's a beauty. (laughs) Right, starting again. Uh, I'm going to put that on at the end. (laughs) Right, three, two, one.